welcome to No Direction, your number one source for Pathfinder news, reviews, and interviews. I'm Esther. And I'm Navar. And do we have a show for you today? We have some <laughs> like news to cover, we have Rage of Elements to cover, and some show updates. So yes. yeah, we have a lot to get into. Yeah, so the day that we're recording this is the first day of Gen Con? So, I think so. Yeah, Paizo had themselves a, what's the word? What a, is panel. The word? a panel. A keynote. <laughs> the keynote, yes, thank you. Uh, they had themselves a keynote announcement uh, where they announced a ton of stuff. Most importantly to everybody involved is Starfinders getting a second edition, which is, yes. I haven't had the chance to play Starfinder yet. Admittedly, I look at it from afar, wistfully, and with admiration. And I'm very excited because I love to e rules i really would love to see some starfinder 2e also i'm in a sci-fi podcast that uses pathfinder 2e so this is benefits me and mine pretty well so yeah yeah i kept thinking like ooh, this is great news for the folks at an unwavering force and yes. <laughs> yeah yeah, I've, I'm in the same boat. I've never played Starfinder. Really want to at some point. Mm -hmm. And this is yeah. just super exciting news. Like, I think it'll be that much easier to onboard myself and to probably onboard a lot of folks who are like, that would be cool, but do I really want to like learn a new system or learn mm -hmm. something that's halfway between 1E and 2E? And so I think this this is going to streamline a lot in a great way. Yeah, and I mean, I think from what I understand and... Starfinder people politely yell at me if I'm wrong, but it seem, I think that Starfinder is even more complicated than Pathfinder First Edition because there's additional rules just to deal with space and ships and all that other stuff. So yeah, I, I am very excited to see what it looks like. How the, I mean, the artwork that was given for the press kit um, looks amazing. The uh, iconic characters and stuff, it looks really, really good. So It does. Yeah. We don't often get a chance to cover the news as it comes out just because of how we record. So every once in a while, you get this exciting little bit in <laughs> the beginning. You do. And there's a lot There's a lot in here. I haven't actually gotten the chance to watch the stream or yeah, the Q&As after. But from reading Twitter threads, shout out to at Phoebe Bain on Twitter for doing an amazing thread mm, of mm -hmm. the announcements. There's going to be two new classes and iconics that have never been seen before. And it sounds like they're linked to a really big event in the Pathfinder universe that may be like an interplanar war or conflict. It, it's been hinted that a core deity may not survive, which took me back to our conversation with Luis about yeah, Torag same. dying. And I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much the same. I was like, I feel like we know the answer to this because I saw some people speculating about it. I'm like, I think, yeah, uh, I think we know. But yes, still a lot of fun. And I love the fact that it's a tied universe in that way, that you have this sci-fi world, which even like in Galarian, like the elves aren't even from Earth or Galarian. So yeah, it's a lot of fun to see what they do with that and to give you know, the writers and stuff who have been playing this game for a long time, the chance to like go off and, and, and make new stuff and reimagine the Starfinder universe that way. Absolutely. And have it impact like stuff that's happening on Galarian in, yes. in mm -hmm. Pathfinder. Um, I think that's awesome. The name Zon Shellen also got dropped, which 
A sounds really badass and B, mm-hmm. I'm very curious about what happens to those two uh, brother and sister at odds and then maybe, maybe not at odds. We'll find out. Yeah. I love the idea of it being 100% compatible with Pathfinder 2E. I do think, I have to imagine that means that there is an extra however many percent that just isn't going to work because of the multitude of reasons I talked about before of like, you know, the different types of weapons that aren't, I guess the attacks and damage and all that stuff will probably translate to some bit, but you know, ships and space travel clearly is a different thing than, than what we're going to be dealing with in a Galarian. So, um, I am interested to see one, how it ties in and how smooth that is for people to like us to just pick up Starfinder and play it. Um, and also what those additional rules look like. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the other thing I wanted to briefly note in our news section, and we can loop back to Starfinder stuff too, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. is that they released the preview of the Pathfinder Core remaster. And mm-hmm. there's some basically just expounding on what was what has been told to us before. Um, they have a whole like list of replaced concepts. And this is accessible if you I just typed into a search engine like Pathfinder core uh, remaster preview and it it brings it up but you can download a PDF and basically they just walk you through things like attribute boosts which are replacing ability scores and basically function the same way with a different name and <laughs> slightly less tied to like a, a core ability but basically the same thing they talk about alignment going away and holy and unholy and sanctified edicts and anathema some some various changes like that. And then the big things that I noted in, in this were the elemental scamps, which are replacing methods, which everybody on the internet seems to love the elemental scamp. Very cute. And then <laughs> the genies that kind of show up in Rage of Elements, actually. And the fact right. that the genies have been reimagined, I believe, in a more culturally accurate way is my yeah. understanding, which is is super cool. And I have a few thoughts on the genies that we we may get into later in the episode or in another episode. But yeah. Which, I mean, I think like you've heard us, you, the audience, have heard us praise a lot of um, the proactive changes that have happened in Pathfinder 2. And I think this is just more of that, which I'm happy to see. Like, I, I do think it's very important when things like this are being taken from somebody's culture, like directly taken, like for them to have a say in how it's presented. And so, yeah, this... God, I mean, we saw a lot of this in, in Impossible Lands and and now as it just continues to move forward. Yeah, it looks great. Super exciting. I just want to pick on my GM a little bit. When this came out, the preview, we were talking about the refocus and misunderstood it. I think there was a few people online who also misunderstood it to think that like, oh, if you're a psychic, for instance, every time you get a new focus spell, you get a new focus pool, like your pool increases. And that's not the case. <laughs> that's, unfortunately, that's not the case. And like, but we all thought like, oh, okay, well, I can have seven focus points. And then I just have my, the debuff there is that I have to take longer to get your stuff back. And that's section how it works. Dang it. So <laughs> yeah, dang it. Um, but that said, I do think it's the, the, what it was done from what I understand is it was made to be easier to understand and how refocus works because it is a little bit tricky. I remember when I first started playing uh, focus pool and the points didn't not, I mean it's yeah 
it was it was a difficult word problem to try to solve. So it it'll be good for people to be able to understand a little bit easier. Yeah, I remember having the same experience. I played a champion and I was like, uh, it was when Pathfinder 2E was really new. And I was like, walk me through how this works. Like, (laughs) and what do I have to do to get it back? And once I learned, I learned and it was fine. But Mm -hmm. I think streamlining it, making it easier to access is a really good thing. So I'm excited for this change. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, there's a ton of of new stuff, a ton of new changes. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to like, see the the like the cover looks amazing i'm excited to see the cover on the book (laughs) yeah i'm excited to see the cover and then it makes me more excited for what is in the book and Mm -hmm. yeah we we have many good things ahead of us this this fall a lot to talk about and a lot to get into speaking of which is there anything else we need to touch on before we get into rage of elements that i can think of no no i would just yeah yeah, I would just say go ahead, go and check out all the stuff that came out from the news. It should all be like in their blogs and stuff. So you can see the pictures and, and get more specific details. But yeah, big, big day for big day for Paizo. And probably big days to come. We're, you know, it's like the first yes. day of Gen Con. We don't know what's in the future. Who yeah. knows by the time this episode comes out, what will have been revealed? <laughs> yes, this is very true. I was going to say, I'd, it'd be nice to get some uh, Tian Sha artwork, uh, mm-hmm. even more of that, if you're listening in the past, Paizo. Uh, if you have that magical ability to listen to us as we record it that would be great if you're a chronomancer any chronomancers eavesdropping uh you (laughs) know please please drop drop this line but yeah no i think that's i think that's it uh for the new stuff so the audience can't see but i'm holding up rage of elements it's as with all paizo books this book is gorgeous the cover Mm -hmm. art is really cool there's like a like a bony like crystal looking dinosaur thing on the cover and uh the kineticist yoon i believe is fighting it and just looks so cool so kick-ass and you open up the book and you see this beautiful like drawing of all the planes mm-hmm. and the elemental planes the first world and like various planes that connect to that and it's just it's beautiful art so i i love that and then you open up and we meet our guide, Aziza Amani Alfasi, that's our, our Jan guide through the elemental planes and the universe and the elements themselves. Yes. So this book, um, where do we want to start? Yeah, I think just kind of like a basic overview of, of what you, the reader, will be getting into when you get into this. We're, we're not going to cover all of the parts of the book today. It is jam-packed, like Esther said, 242 pages, but that said, it is full of just great inspirational stuff. Like I have never, as a player of TTRPGs, like planar travel has always, it's never been like a thing that I've ever thought to like focus on. It's never been something that's like, oh, like it would be cool to go to the plane of fire or whatever for a little bit. That'd be fun. But if, if a, if a campaign didn't go there, I didn't, it wasn't going to bother me. Um, But I think what this really does for me, at least is like, oh, like there's a, 
this is in depth. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, um, not just in the landscape, but also in the people and the and the creatures that inhabit it, the cultural differences of the places that go on, uh, how these planes tie into each other. Like it's the way that it's built, I think has created a sort of this really fascinating network that I am very much now interested in exploring in a way that I wasn't before. And I think this, it, it hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. I, I didn't I even know like... the nail was there. It hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> it revealed the nail and then yes. the, it hit the nail yeah. on the head. I love it. I've been like open to, yeah. I've been elementally curious before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I've never really gone to one of the planes as a player or as a GM either. It's It's intrigued me as a GM. So I was like, I was excited for this book, but I didn't quite know what to expect. And I, yeah. I have to admit, a lot of people on the internet were really hyped for the kineticist. Yeah. And it's not that I wasn't. It's just that I was like, oh, that'll be interesting to read when it comes out. Um, <laughs> yeah, very much the same. <laughs> I thought they did a great job and it made me way more interested after I actually read through the book. So I think that's a really a positive sign. Just a, a quick overview of like what you will get in this book. It starts with an introduction to basically Paizo's world building about the elemental planes, mm -hmm. what elements are and how they work, a little bit of history, which involves the creation and then disappearance of two planes, the plane of metal and wood, which are going to be like newer in this universe. And there's there's whole lore about why they went away and why they are back that is really rich and interesting. You then transition into the kineticist class and like class-based stuff, kineticist feats. You know, if you want to play like a kineticist multi-class or an archetype, there's some stuff there, some geniekin heritages and barbarian instinct, some spell changes, that kind of stuff in character building. And then you get a section on each plane, air, earth, fire, metal, water, and wood, and you get some world building, like a guide from each plane takes you through it. You get an overview of the elemental lords, which are basically two gods of each plane, spells, items, and various creatures you're going to meet. And then in the last, the last section is one that we have a special uh, request to kind of preview or go over for our audience from Paizo. And it's called Churn of Elements. And it's about where the planes meet or intermingle or the energies, the elemental energies mm -hmm. are overlapping and what you can do with that. And then, of course, you have an appendix and stuff. So that's kind of like a, a broad overview of what the book is going to give you. Yeah. And those, like I was saying before, like those sections on each elemental plane are just so good. So rich with stuff. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. But the first awesome thing that we get to talk about is this kineticist class. I am the same. Like you were just trying to be like, kind of like, oh, okay, like it sounds cool. I guess we'll see. Like I was very much like, I didn't have any history with the kineticist. I played the Pathfinder Kingmaker on my PlayStation and I've never played, like I think I played a Sorcerer and a Ranger. So I did not touch that class and didn't have a lot of history with it. But uh, yeah, getting into it, I think it looks like it's going to be a really fun class. And I think like, I, as I was reading it, I'll just say this, like as I was reading it, I was like, well, if my character dies in an unwavering force, how can I, can I make it a kineticist in the Star Wars universe? So if that tells you anything about what I thought, then yeah, that's, that's kind of where my brain went. And I was like, hmm, can I do this? What would I do a class with? Let's hope we don't find out. I do love my character and I hope he lives forever. 
Yes, honor but, must be protected. But, yeah, but he must be protected. He has been through too much. But but just in case, then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with, with this. But yeah, I think let's get into it. This, yeah. This kineticist. So you are a caster. But fun thing, you use constitution as your primary ability. And I love that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Different, new, mm-hmm. and it's very cool to have a, a con-based a character build. Um, yeah. I want to apologize to our listeners. So I, as you all know, am disabled and I've been dealing with really intense brain fog for the past like two months, mm. which means I describe it as like fog, like you try to grasp an idea and sand slips through the, the brain sieve. <laughs> Yeah. Or like a plexiglass shield or like an invisible, like, you know, a force field where stuff just bounces off. So basically everything that I've read, I've had to read like three times and I'm like, well, those sure were words. It sure did bounce off. So I, I may not be the most coherent talking about the kineticist, <laughs> yeah. but basically you, you are kind of like a... I hate to make this comparison. I'm so sorry. Or not if y'all like it. You're like a bender in the universe yeah, of Avatar yeah. The Last I mean, Airbender. That's, yeah, that's, you're you're yeah. a bender. <laughs> it's very um, much, yeah. You could be more like an Avatar bender mixing a, a few different elements, mm. but you are linked to elemental planes by what is called your kinetic gate. Mm. And you get to select one or or more elements to work with. You can focus just on one, but you can also do more. And you get special benefits from the kind of gate you choose, air, earth, fire, metal, water, or wood. They all give you a different kind of boost. And then you get what's called a kinetic aura, which is basically um, how you're going to activate those gates is related to that. You, you get like a, a cool effect around you that's related to your element. And you awaken this by doing the action, the single action channel elements to Mm -hmm. activate your gate so you can use your kineticist energy to blast things or shape things or bend things. Yeah. So that's basically how you like you start. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love the idea of like either focusing on one or splitting into multiple. I think that does a lot of like really fun flavor. And this idea of it just being like, Unlike the Avatar, you, you have this like actual aura around you that's like in this 10-foot emanation, which I just like, it's just such a cool, it's really cool imagery, especially if you like consider the metal and or wood and what that looks like. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there there will eventually be like feats and stuff that that let you give boost to allies who are in your emanation, your 10 foot emanation, or maybe it's more depending on, you know, what you've, you've got going on, which is really cool. Yeah. I just, I love that. So yeah, you get what are called impulses, which are basically spells under a different name and Mm -hmm. they work, you know, similarly and impulses basically let you do really cool things with the elements. I think what I really like about this too, just kind of as a, from an overall thing is like, it really allows you as a player to be a caster who can tank because you have a con. That's like your main thing. That's how you, that's what controls how, how well you can do this. But also like if you take the elemental blast feat, it's, you add your strength modifier. Mm-hmm. So it's like you benefit from being that high con, high strength character. And you get to stand there with your, you know, elemental aura in, 
in the fight against something, I think that's just, I really love giving that as an option in a way that like so many people will avoid playing a caster because they just don't want to be away from the fight. And I think that this is a really cool way to like appease, well, not even to appease, but like, you know, it brings in those people who, who would otherwise not try to play a caster. Absolutely. And the flavor is just incredible. Absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. You also get what's called an elemental blast, which is a lot of what it sounds like, but you can choose the kind of damage that gets done based on, you know, uh, a whole flow of instructions, what kind of elemental damage gets done. You can just do a lot of really cool things. You have what's called base kinesis, which lets you create something uh, of an element to move something or suppress something. Of course, there are lots of guardrails on these things. There's lots of instructions, but how cool is that? You can yeah. like put out a fire or make a fire or move something. Like right. it's just really dope. Yeah. I th- I what I do love about the elemental blast too is like the you know, it I think if there's a, a world where it very easily could have been like you get the cantrip, you know, fire, create flame and it's like cool like i could do one d4 damage or whatever but like the damage is a little bit higher it doesn't even count it as a spell or a cantrip it's just the thing you can do as an action which i think is great when you have like a caster that it's the thing that you don't have to count against yourself you know or you don't have to prepare for right like you can still prepare those other things that you have going on and this way you just have here's the thing i do absolutely it feels really like a natural extension of Mm. this character's abilities yes absolutely yeah what else so yes and then i mean as you grow obviously you're gonna get more and more you're gonna get stronger with each thing much like every other class but things that are like really cool so like your gate threshold so you at fifth level you reach a new milestone in your odyssey become in tune with your kinetic gate and you must decide how to expand the gate's power so at fifth level and every four levels after you choose either to expand the portal or create a fork in the path and this is great so even if you started out and you like played your first five levels i just only want to do fire and then you're like hmm i actually would like to mix it up now you create that fork in the path or if you're just like i just want to be good at this thing which is a great path by the way expand the portal i love it yeah i love the option and i love that it's a continued option and you're not just stuck with whatever you decided in the beginning it's incredibly cool you also gain like gate junctions which let you specialize a develop a specialized kinetic technique there are a whole table of gate junctions and what you can choose to do there's a critical blasts which that you like push or or it's like push the target uh damage the target in a lot of instances an elemental resistance uh, an impulse junction an aura junction or a skill junction which make you trained in listed skills and get you a skill feat. All of these like do different, really cool things. And I mean, check out the table. It's on page 18. Don't know where it'll be on Archives of Nethys, but it'll probably be there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. search it. Search bar. Yeah. It, I think it would, yeah. I just, to go back to the, to the gates, getting more impulse feats, like, all of this stuff that ties into obviously how we, you know, we talk about like character creation and stuff like that. Like, I think a lot of this stuff is just a really fun way to just get either very specialized at a thing or just do more stuff. 
I love how all of these different junctions function. I did not mean for that to, to rhyme, but I love how they work. And I love, yeah, it's just really, really fun options. I know I keep saying that, but like I, I, that's what really excited me about it was like, oh, this is, you can get into a lot of stuff here. You really can. Yeah. So you can you also use weapons and you do get some weapon expertise stuff as well, which is like, again, to, you know, varying how you fight. And I think that that's um, just going back to like, as a, as a whole, this is just a lot of, a lot of good stuff to do. So, yeah. And then you get into a ton of feats, like mm-hmm. so many feats, <laughs> like so um, many. <laughs> which, which is, it makes sense. Cause this is like the tw- 20th book. Now we <laughs> catch up with all the supplemental stuff. Exactly. And there's some really cool ones. Like I was looking at the first level, actually, I guess these are second level feats. And I really loved, so a lot of them are like big and bold and flashy actions that you know, in perhaps a, what you might imagine as a typical kineticist fashion, like blasting things or really moving things, doing something very noticeable. This one is called Voice of Elements, and it lets you speak the secret tones of elements you channel. And while you are having your kinetic aura active, you get all these three benefits, which is speak all the languages of your kinetic elements. Mm. They've changed the elemental language names. So that's going to be Sasurin for air. Petrin for earth, Herrick for fire, Talacan for metal, Thalassic for water, and Muon for wood. You can communicate with mindless elementals on a basic level if they have a trait that matches one of your kinetic elements or are made of one of those elements. And this lets you use diplomacy to make an impression and to make simple requests. (laughs) And finally, you get a plus two circumstance bonus to charisma-based skill checks you attempt against elementals of one of your kinetic elements. And I just thought that was like a a really cool way to work in a bit more of a social thing, a bit more mm-hmm. of a skill-based thing. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for like languages in fantasy worlds. So I just automatically loved yeah. it. I immediately just had the idea of like having a, like an innkeeper who is a kineticist who uses this to make their house, like the house in Encanto, where it's just like, they talk to like the wooden table and the floor and like make stuff move around. Like, hey, can you bring me that actually over here? And like the whole bar just like rolls in a wave and... <laughs> That's and brings amazing. the cups over. That would be fun. That would be amazing. Oh, wow. Great idea. That would be great for accessibility too. Like, oh, actually, we need these stairs to be a ramp. Could you just adjust you your... Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. There's so much fun. Yes. We have our counter elements, which is like... <laughs> so psychics do this too, where you can like... Uh, I forget what the actual term is. But basically, it's like counter spell for the thing you do which is one of those, I bring it up because I think it's just, it's necessary, but Mm -hmm. it's also, it's such a specific thing to have to take. So you have to know, like, am I ever going to encounter this in my campaign? Uh, GMs tell your players that. Don't make them take beats they shouldn't take. So this is one that stuck out to me as like the title of it, just kind of like, oh, okay, hang on, what's going on? Purify element is Mm -hmm. an eighth level feat. So you can turn an element into its purest form, choose one of your kinetic elements and target up to one cubic foot of that element within 30 feet. You remove toxins and pollutants from the element as well as anything intruding into the elements such as plant roots in soil. This can't change the grade of a material, alter the form. And if the purification would remove an alchemical or magical pollutant such as poison or curse, purify element attempts to counteract that impurity with the DC. And yeah, I, this is one of those things, like I'm always, I always get excited about the ones that are just like written for 
find a way to do this creatively. And I think this is one of those ones that immediately stood out to me like, hmm, when do we get to do this thing? Because if y'all haven't caught on, I like to do tricky things in the game. And so, yeah, I really love the idea of finding a, a way to make this work in a really cool way in a game. And, and I love its inclusion for that reason. Reading through all of these, I kept being like, this is such a fun challenge for a GM to set up characters or, or NPCs or adversaries that a kineticist would be able to really engage like mm -hmm. the idea of heating metal someone's there's like a feed somewhere in here that talks about like if you are wearing metal armor there's like impacts and i was like imagine being able to heat that metal on someone's body and then like mm -hmm. creatively dispatching them or or just being able to use this amazing ability to do so many different creative things I, I was like, in the hands of the right player, mm -hmm. this would make my life so difficult as a GM, but I would also relish it. There's, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, yeah. I really love that idea of, of tying in, you know, players' class and backstory into a game. And I think like anytime you can, what it does in this specific case, like if you only have one kineticist in there, like it really brings in like, how do we shape the world now? to fit all of our players, uh, but very specifically for, for this discussion, like you have this character who interacts with the world in a different way than any other, any other caster. And in a way that's kind of like, as you read through the book, like it's very singular to the people who live within these planes and who can touch the planes. And so, yeah, it is a lot of fun to think about like ways to, to bring that in or to, or if you have players who maybe are doing stuff that they don't realize that would work against a kineticist or or bring out the curiosity of a kineticist, you know what I mean? And have that kineticist NPC get involved and have them go purify an element that the PC screwed up uh, and what that would mean. So I, yeah, very tasty stuff. Absolutely. One thing I did note as we're kind of talking through feats and, and mm -hmm. class features and stuff like that, this is a very crunchy class for me like yeah. there's it's a lot going on here and i i was just having the thought that like this could be a challenge for new players um mm -hmm. it could be a challenge for me as an a, you know a longtime player of pathfinder 2e and it's not that i would say don't do it if you're new to the game but definitely if you don't like as much crunch maybe if you don't like keeping track of a ton of things for your character, this might be one to like watch someone play or read yeah. through really carefully before you're like, I definitely want to go for that because there's <laughs> a lot of elements <laughs> at play here. And just reading through it, like especially in a state of brain fog, I was like, wow, that's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So not a bad thing at all. Just, just to know there's a lot going on in this class. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to clarify because I, I, I was thinking back to the way I explained the class earlier on and i i think that might have been a little bit confusing it's not necessarily like a caster uh like a wizard or a sorcerer uh, but you are obviously dealing with magic um and so there's yeah just so that the definitions aren't being too muddy we're talking about a little bit of a different thing but there is it is very much you're kind of still playing in those two worlds together so were there any among the the impulses which are kind of like the equivalent of of spells anything <laughs> stand out to you I did. Let me find it. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and go first. I actually, I have 
a couple in air and then one in wood that really stood out to me. And okay. this one kind of relates to the languages thing from earlier. It's a 12th level feat, but it's called Wiles on the Wind. And speaking lies, you set them loose on a drifting wind. You create an auditory illusion that comes from a square within 500 feet and can be as loud as four normal humans talking. Uh, the sound can be intricate. GM might require you to attempt to check or know a language for it to be convincing. And you can have any creature within 40 feet of the illusion or that comes within 40 feet of it during the duration attempt a will save against your class DC. On a failure, the creature is fascinated with the source of the sound and a critical failure, the creature is fascinated for one minute or until it disbelieves. I just love this like lies on the wind idea mm -hmm. and infiltrating someone's mind. And the other one was also a high level feat, but it is called crowned in tempest fury. And basically you get a crown of lightning on your brow and you can deal electricity damage. You get a 20 foot fly speed, 10 foot status bonus, a lot of other cool stuff. And I was basically like, this is Storm from X-Men. This yeah. is Storm floating. It's Halle Berry in all of her <laughs> lightning glory. <laughs> yeah. So I love that one. Yeah. Speaking of X-Men, the eighth level feat, Spike Skin, was another one for all my X-Men Evolution fans out there. That made me really think of that. So you touch a willing creature, causing its skin to harden and form spiky protrusions. Uh, the target gains resistance for all physical damage, except adamantine. And whenever a creature damages the target with an unarmed or non-reach weapon, the attacking creature takes takes two piercing damage. And I just like just that image of of uh, having these spikes grow out of your body and that you can cast it on somebody else, um, which, yeah. Absolutely. I'm playing Strength of Thousands and I am a sorcerer and I missed the session. And so my GM autopiloted me and one of the other players who is also not a tank <laughs> and I'm playing a sorcerer for, for those at home and pulled my, we split the party and pulled my character with him and then we got attacked and yeah, I nearly got I nearly got killed in a round of some things happening. And I really could have used some spike skin, let me tell you. That would have <laughs> helped a little bit. I could have used it. So yeah, um, I love the idea of being able to cast it on somebody else. And and I love the imagery that it creates too. It just seems badass. Another badass imagery, which was my like final feat note. It's an eighth level feat in the wood impulses, and it's called Sanguivolent Roots. Sanguivolent Roots. Blood drinking vines grow from the ground in a 15 foot burst within 120 feet. Each living enemy in the area has its blood drained, taking 3d6 piercing damage with a basic fortitude save. And each time the vines drink blood, living creatures in the area who aren't your enemies regain hit points equal to half the damage a single creature took. And the vines last until the end of your next turn, but you can sustain the impulse. I just loved this image of like blood drinking roots coming out of the ground and sucking yeah. the life out of people. Like, yeah. Wow. Beautiful yep. imagery. That's really good. creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another really good uh, utility one is the volcanic escape, which is a reaction. And lava reflexively explodes underneath you and the creature that hurts you. Triggering enemy takes 1d6 fire damage with a basic reflex save, and you leap up to half your speed in any direction, which does not trigger reaction. Which, again, like if you're already in that tanking position and you're in a bad spot, having that reaction and being able to move out of it without penalty, like that's, mm. that's real good. I mean, even if you did the 1d6 doesn't land, you still have gotten yourself into a better position. And that's, yes. yeah, I love it. And not triggering a reaction. Yes, right. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because then you're now wasting that NPC's move of, well, now I have to 
move to get you. I can't do my other attack. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So anything else like big to say about the kineticist? Any other reflections like on the class overall? I'm trying to think. I think overall, I would just say there's a lot of options. There's already a lot of options in Pathfinder 2e. I think if there's any like critic any like very valid criticism is that there are so many options, it's hard to to pin one down and decide on something. I am glad, like I like I said before, I think it makes sense as the as the game has been out longer, as books continue to come out, it it's you have to put out a lot of stuff with a class in order to feel like it keeps up with all the other stuff that other classes have gotten in supplements. And so you have to have a lot of stuff here. But yes, I trying to decide on which which element to pick as a kineticist, I think would be a feat in its own right to, to try and do. So I love it. I love that. Th I love that those options are there. And I think all the options look really, really cool and really badass. But I can see, I can see the uh, so many choices being being difficult. So yeah, that would be my 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 one thing. But it, yeah. it looks amazing. It looks worth playing. It looks worth like building characters and figuring out and or just you know do like a like a super team thing right like get six friends and you, everybody plays a kineticist of a different of a different element you're just power rangers or whatever yeah i love it that would be amazing <laughs> so yeah you're you're all pro benders um, <laughs> yeah yeah that would be so cool yeah i I definitely think this is a this is a really cool class, one that I would love to give a spin as a player or as a GM with an NPC, um, and I definitely will be. It also has a lot of moving parts, and oh no, did I? No, no okay. you're good. <laughs> I sorry, my brain caught a brain worm, and uh, we can return to that when you're done explaining. Sorry, I couldn't stop my face from doing what I was doing, which was a, oh, and um, so I apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but yes, we will come back to it because it's, okay. Uh, yeah, I need to, yeah, go ahead, please. We'll come back to the brain worm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so mm -hmm. there's just a lot of like moving parts in this class, and I think that like an experienced player in the system can probably handle that. Personally, I would still have to map out like on paper a lot of my options and kind of build something, be in the trenches of building something for a while. And I definitely think that for a new player, for someone who is more skeptical of crunch, but has kind of been talked into Pathfinder by their friends, this one could be a challenge. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of, I think, if you want to take on this class. There's it feels to me like there's a lot to keep track of and people can definitely disagree and I welcome disagreement with that. But it is just my one note is there's there's a lot of moving parts. They're very cool and I want to try it. Yes. Brain so time. for people who are old enough and or <laughs> had parents who are nerdy enough to get you to watch this movie, Warriors of Virtue, which came out in 1997, uh, was a martial arts fantasy film that included anthropomorphic kangaroo, uh, who did martial arts. They Amazing. represented five elements, earth, fire, water, wood, and metal. Warriors of virtue, it. people. Yes. I, Amazing. When I was a kid, so I want to say, I have to, I, I'll look it up, but I think the one that does, that represented the metal was mute. And 
as a kid, and he was just badass. He had like these ring, he fought with these metal rings and I wanted to be him uh, as a kid. And so I will find a way to make this happen in my, in my Pathfinder life. But yeah, it's an awful movie. <laughs> awful. It's not like that. I remember it's not a problematic movie. I don't mean mm-hmm. awful that way. I mean, it's like a very cheesy, cheesier than like the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. But what fantasy film wasn't cheesy in the 90s? So keep your expectations at 90s fantasy. You'll probably enjoy it and you'll know what I'm talking about. Amazing. <laughs> now I'm very curious about this movie. I'm super I don't even excited. know if you can watch it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we've fully out. gone off the deep off end. The rails. Uh, yes. <laughs> but yes. Uh, anyway, so I also need to know if anybody on the writing team watched this for inspiration Mm. so writing team listening to this please reach out and tell me also uh on the subject of inspiration there's like an ending phrase in one of the introductory passages in this book that's talking about the elements and it says something like there's endless diversity infinite diversity and endless combinations which is very similar to the star trek theme of the vulcans infinite Mm. diversity and infinite combinations Mm -hmm. and i want to know if that's a star trek reference (laughs) writing team let us know (laughs) yeah please reach out yeah well now i'm even more excited forget everything i said about too many options five of your friends let's play warriors of virtue (laughs) uh that's what's what's the kangaroo option for for ancestry we're gonna probably you know we can get something like that awakened animal awakened animal is coming as an ancestry so that's gonna happen this is this is going so far (laughs) (laughs) um incredible yeah all right i'm sold i don't know i love it by the book guys we're playing words for by the book (laughs) um (laughs) yeah to to loop back around yes yeah on the subject of animals (laughs) on the subject of animals and such Mm -hmm. uh there is a a section on elemental allies which goes over options for elemental idolons and elemental companions very cool highly recommend checking it out and the companions and idolons definitely have different different kinds of powers and you know you can Check out their whole stat blocks. They're cool. Yeah. And yeah. Also, I love this is this Mm. is tied in. I I do love that you don't have to be a wizard to have a familiar in Pathfinder 2E. Yes. Yes. Like multiple classes can get it. And or just your ancestry can give you a a familiar, which is why not? Familiars are the best. Familiars are the best. There's one called Mood Cloud. This little air elemental is just more than a is a little more than a tiny cloud with just enough internality to have emotions, and it's that's it's adorable. Like the cloud from trolls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cute. Very cute. Yeah. So there's some fun options in there, and then we get into different elemental backgrounds, and yeah, just things you could have been doing in your life before you started adventuring. A lot of cool stuff. Deep sea diver is an option. Dendrologist, which is like a tree expert, fire <laughs> warden, sky rider. Yeah. Some very cool stuff in there. Yeah. So do we do we want to talk about Geniekin at all or should we move? I know you had some thoughts. Yeah. I'm I'm good briefly touching on Geniekin yeah. and then coming back to them in a later episode. Okay. Yeah. 
So basically, there's Ardande Genikin, which are Genikin attuned to the plane of wood and creatures that come from the plane of wood. They have been absent mostly for a long time because the plane of wood vanished and only recently came back. There's a couple of like families in Galarian that have continued over the millennia, but this was actually a pretty super rare ancestry. So they're kind of figuring out who they are as a people now. And that's that's a pretty cool role to step into. There's very different kinds of tree-like affinities you can have. My favorite was Molder Soul, which is the decaying kind. And I just love that. Uh, like a, a little goth tree person <laughs> out here. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts on any thoughts on that? I mean, I love I love the design and I love the idea of just like just being this like semi plant person. They it gives some like very uh a couple of these give me some uh what's the word? Like the brown wizard in Lord of the Rings. Like it's very like Oh Radagast. <laughs> yeah. Like yes. yeah. Among other things, uh The Rune Lords by David Farland had the Earth King, I want to say. It's been a long time since I read those books. But essentially, yes, very much green beard and mm. hair. So, yeah. Yes, I I just, I love it. I think Jeannie Kinnon seems like a fun a fun ancestry to play. So There's one more, the Talos Jeannie Kin, which are from the Plane of Metal. Maybe kind of similar things. They they had a bigger presence in Tian Sha over the past few millennia when the Plane of Metal vanished but folks there still maintained a, a kind of connection and similar similar things you know you have various ancestry feats that reflect your connections to metals and there's just some really gorgeous artwork i love this mm -hmm. oh my god what are the bird people kenku no yes the tengu the tengu i love yeah. this uh, art of, of a tengu with like metal tipped wings it's mm -hmm. gorgeous yeah and we'll yeah, we'll probably circle back pose. around. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes, some more options as well as like the different ancestry feats that that can determine you know even more distinct traits within that. So yeah, get get some fun stuff in there with the yeah. genies. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that we were going to talk about was the churn of elements. And so because there's like everything is so split into all the different elements, I just want to point out like the the layout for the book is so good because it really it changes as like depending on which part of the book you're reading and, and its color and theme and it just looks amazing it really does the art as always is just mm -hmm. knocked out of the park it's gorgeous yes. yeah so the churn of elements churn as i understand it is basically a a spot where two planes are converging or where the energy of a plane is entering into that of another plane and it's combining and it's creating kind of this liminal space of possibility and like high reactivity is mm -hmm. the way I read it. And there can be notable churn regions in each plane, like the reappearance of the planes of metal and wood have caused churn in like random places in the other planes. And kind of funky events are happening and they give you some pretty cool details and potential like adventure seeds in in the first couple of pages of this section which I loved especially the giant metal harvester ants colonies mm -hmm. that have like burrowed through three different planes now and 
are hopefully not going to cause like a, a rupture and explosion. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. Find out in Starfinder probably. Um, <laughs> don't quote me on that. That's just me being cheeky. I do love this idea of spiking, which is like how this happens. It's explained as like this phenomenon when like suddenly the plane collapses and it creates this like it goes past because all the planes are like sort of like layered, right? Uh, like this onion. And the turn you know, can either be like, yeah, these two planes touch. And so here's some places where that touch is the place, you know, thing you could walk through. And this spiking is like, you're over here. You should not be able to get here, but somehow something happened and now you're falling through this hole. And yeah, what a great way to like bring in a new character too. You Absolutely. Know? Like, oh yeah, we're all eighth level. We've been playing for a year and a half. Character dies. Here's a, here's a spike. Out pops Ooh. the kineticist. <laughs> Amazing. Or something else. But uh, yeah, I it's yeah, that's great. Yeah. They also go into a little bit of like lore about how kineticist magic works in or or abilities work in that they are like the churn reveals discrete elementalism and churn elementalism. And discrete elementalism is when you kind of keep the elements as individual components in your kineticist work. And you might call upon all of them, but you're keeping like the pure essence divided as you like channel that energy or whatever. But churn elementalism is a little bit more like a combination and it's drawing on the energy as they're like transforming into one another or the energy between the elements. And they can either kind of follow the elemental cycle or do the elemental cycle in reverse to fuel the churn elementalism. And I just thought this was some like cool insight into the the layers of how magic or the strands of the universe are connected in the yeah. world of Galarian in the in the Pathfinder universe. So yeah, that's cool. That's on that's on page two nineteen. Yes, page two nineteen. Yeah. yeah. So we do get a few spells in here that are tied into like the elemental planes as well. Always nice to to give yourself a breath weapon. <laughs> yes never not a fun thing to do uh which is a fifth level spell called element of breath Two, whichever and each has their own little because the new ones are metal and wood i'll just read those ones so for metal is a cone of rust slices flesh and damages metal that's awful each creature in the area takes 5d10 slashing creature made of metal gets a result one degree of success work worse than it rolled and an unattended metal object gets a critical failure which yeah do that to somebody in the armory, right? And that would be bad, bad. Uh, and then the wood one is branches rip through creatures dealing 3d10 piercing damage and 3d10 slashing. And ground in the area becomes difficult terrain for one minute as well, which should be great for an escape to just turn around or be sitting on the back, like, you know, flip around on your horse, sit on the back of a wagon or whatever. And uh, as you're being chased, just unleash this wood breath. Yes, that would be so amazing. Yeah. Splinter shards going everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh. Incredible. That would be terrifying as a as a city guard trying yeah. <laughs> just chasing somebody down. Horrendous. So good. Do that to do that to the city guards. Yeah. There's a there's also elemental sense, which is like sensory enhancements. And I'll also just read the the metal and wood ones because they're they're newer planes. The magneto reception lets you sense creatures carrying metal items with a total of one bulk or greater. Mm. It's an imprecise scent with a range of thirty feet. And uh, the wood sense, you can sense creatures carrying wood items of a total of one bulk or greater. Same same kind of thing. And if 
it ha- is made of wood or has the plant or wood trait, you can detect it as though wood sense were a precise sense. So yeah, some cool stuff in there. Yeah. You can summon a herald. Yes. Summons are, I didn't realize this. You guys are getting a lot of story time. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Esther, <laughs> Esther has brain fog and I, I probably have some brain fog too today, but that is going to manifest into me just telling stories. But yeah. Summons can be underrated, I think, in, mm-hmm. in Pathfinder 2 I used one in my game, uh, a Celestial Summon, that passed a medicine check that I couldn't pass and then healed or turned, turned a, an NPC into a gaseous form to get them out of a tight spot. And I was like, this is, this is great. I need to be That's doing amazing. this all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Summon stuff. Bring it, bring in the herald. Bring in the herald, or you can do a ritual and ask an elemental lord to send a servitor to assist you with some stuff. And if it goes well, you will receive a servitor and only have to pay them half as much as usual. But if it goes poorly, the elemental lord might get angry with you and uh, send an (laughs) elemental creature to attack you. So, you know, risk reward. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, play that game. It'll be fun. It'll be worth it. <laughs> uh, we also get a few items, and I just picked one to talk mm-hmm. about, and it's, I think, the highest, no, not the highest level item. Hey, look at that for once. <laughs> it's called a Planar Skiff, and it's a ship designed to travel the great beyond. It's vehicle level 15, and the sails allow these ships to catch Planar Currents, and the wards protect travelers as they move across boundaries. There's a lot of different, like, you know, technical information in here about how it works. That just made me really excited as a mode of transportation between the planes and gave me big, like, treasure planet vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, This ship traveling, the sails catching elemental energies, and and just being able to... I I love vehicles. And if y'all listen to Chromithica you will uh, eventually get to places where the team acquires a different kinds of vehicles and starts to use them. And I kind of think they're underrated and often underutilized mm-hmm. in games because they can be so much fun and do so much. And you can get into cool spots or some tight scrapes where you got to like repair them or um, make sure they don't fall apart on you. So I thought that was super fun and I want to use it in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, for sure. I. I- this just seems fun. This elemental fragment. So you get a chunk of solidified planar energy about as large as a walnut. And you can crack the fragment as you activate it and unleash planar energy. And so you get to cast a spell of your choice from this list. And yeah, I think that's this great insurance, right? To just have in your pocket in case of emergency type of stuff or in a planned event as well. So yeah, just definitely a little fun fun thing to to snag um to add to your game absolutely and we close out this section with two different genies the jan shuyuk which is the um the jan are kind of regarded as it says the progenitors of genie kind and hold great esteem and so you get the whole stat block for the jan they do have the ability to grant wishes up to three mm-hmm. wishes i think for one creature a year or at least some that was somewhere i think they can grant wishes yeah. so that's perhaps if you go to this level nine creature what you're what you're aiming for and then 
We have the, I don't know how to say this, but I'm going to go for Janine. And Mm -hmm. they are less powerful genies who are kind of often like messengers or, you know, uh, low-level employees of higher-level genies, but they really like the arts, and you get their whole stat block, and they can be like arts patrons or elemental patrons at a low yeah. level, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love their little little wish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a creature they can see within 60 feet attempts a saving throw or skill check, and the Janan reshapes reality in a small way to twist fate, allowing the creature to re-roll a saving throw or skill check and take the better result, which is just a lot of fun. Very similar to the fate text mm. by of uh, the witch, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if you don't have a witch in your, you don't have a fate witch rather in your campaign. Get a see if you can enlist this uh, this little genie to come along with you and help you out on those saves. Yeah, and then a little bit of a spell list at the end. But I mean, overall, we didn't get into the whole thing. But you know, at least let's just say from the sections that we covered today. Yeah, what? How are you feeling? about this book. I really like this book. And someday when I don't have brain frog, I'm going to be able to like read it and actually let everything sink in and I'll be <laughs> yes. even more impressed. Yeah, I I I think this one is really, I mean, definitely key if you want to do any kind of planar campaign. Yeah. Um there's some great lore in every section on the different planes and the elemental lords and the politics of what's going on there, some great creatures. And we'll get into all of that in another episode. We definitely want to talk to people about this book. Again, I would say if you're a newcomer to the world of Pathfinder and you like know you want to set a campaign or play a campaign uh, that has to do with the elements, great book to go for. Probably, again, not one that I would say you you need to buy right mm. away. But if you're a collector, if you're pretty invested, I think you got to get this book. Yeah, I really like this book. Yeah, I think if you're planning anything long-term, it's great to have just because of the way that it interacts with the different planes. Because like, if there's one thing we can guarantee playing a long-term game with players is that as they get more powerful, they're just going to do stuff you don't expect. Planar travel might end up being one of those things and or communicating with other planes to bring stuff in that you did not plan for. So yeah, I think it's, I think it is great. Again, you know, one of those things that's not a necessity book, but I think it, it really ties in a ton of stuff that you're just not going to get elsewhere. And the kineticist class, again, warriors of virtue. Mm. I don't need to say anything else (laughs) unless you've never seen that movie, which is highly likely go watch it. It's on Tubi. I looked it up. We're not sponsored. I would, (laughs) I would just say the I think the class is awesome. I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff here between the class and all the information about the planes and all the information about the genies. Yeah, it just makes it, it makes it, a, one, this is just a fun read to have. Like our, we didn't get into much about our, the, our guide through the book mm-hmm. as much, but um, she's awesome. And it's just, overall, this is a really good read for inspiration for getting to like understand the world of Galarian and the multiverse, multiplanes mm-hmm. more. So yeah, I am a fan. And I should have said this at the top of the show, but the lead writers on this book are Logan Bonner, Sen HHS, and Jessica Redekop. Just want to shout them out. And of course, all the many contributors. Yes. Also, shout out to the No Direction team, Legend Lore. 
they I think they've done some stuff about Rage of Elements as well. Please go check that out. Rob, I believe, has done some stuff for Rage of Elements. Go check that out as well. Um, and then also shout out to friend of the network, Pete, over at Rise of the Rule Lords. And he has done um, a dive into this book as well. So if you're interested in the stuff that we didn't get to cover um, or just some more, you just want to hear more about it, um, those are some great places to go to go listen and and uh, support. So, yeah. Absolutely. And we will be coming back to this book probably more than once. And yes. we look very forward to that. But we wanted to at least get into it a little bit while it's while it's fresh, while it's mm-hmm. new. Yeah. Speaking of coming back. <laughs> mm, speaking of coming uh, back. Yeah. Esther and I have lots of life stuff going on. And this episode is coming out probably later than some of you expected. Um, so we just wanted to give you a heads up that as we are planning and preparing for future content, we are going to take a brief absence of putting out episodes as we get caught up and ahead, just because one of the things that we have talked about since the beginning is making sure that this process is uh, accessible for both of us and that we, you know, have a health first mindset in how we uh, work around uh, recordings and everything else. And so I hope that you, the listeners, can support us in that and understand. But we do need to make sure that we are able to, you know, take care of of all the listeners with content, but also take care of ourselves and make sure that we are in a good place to give you a great show. So yeah, we will be taking a pause with the idea that we'll return the first week of September. So yes, after this. So yeah, but we appreciate all the support and all the support of the No Direction Network and all the wonderful things that you have said about Esther and I uh, <laughs> has been wonderful. So we thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. We we really want to be able to keep the show current and mm. take some time to do some interviews about this book, some interviews about High Helm, as well as just some interviews that we can air really at any time. And have like a bank of content for you that will be fun and current and informative while also being able to tend to our own lives and not not rush episodes in in production. Another brief thing that I would love to just throw out there is we are maybe going to change a little bit of the format of the show in that, as we said earlier at the top, we don't get to talk about news a lot. And that's Mm -hmm. because since we pre-record, a lot of the time news comes out at very awkward times. Like we will have just finished a recording and four days later, something big drops and we're not going to record again for another two weeks. So we may be bringing you a special news segment as a new feature of the No Direction Network. More to come on that. It's still in development, but you may get uh, news specific drops more often and Mm. you may hear from more than just me and Navarre on that. So something to note. Thank you all so much for your support. It's been so much fun getting to know you, getting to interview folks, and getting to read more of our beloved Paizo material. This has just been great. And thank you for all the kind words and sentiments thus far. We we really appreciate it. It's like fuel for a podcaster's soul. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like to listen to our voices? Wild. Uh, thank you. We'll keep doing it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's it. That's it yeah. for for part one of Rage of Elements on No Direction. And Navar, where can we find you online? In most places as Navar S N P. That's N A V A A R S N P. 
check it out, see the other stuff I'm working on. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, I'm everywhere at Dungeon Minister. And if you want to follow No Direction, we are at No Direction on Twitter and YouTube and Mastodon. You can also come join our Discord server where we talk about episodes of this show and other network shows and Pathfinder and TTRPGs in general. It's a really good time. You are so welcome to join. We'd love to have you there. I also want to give a big thank you to our patrons who make this episode and all of our network shows possible. If you'd like to support No Direction, you can find us under the name No Direction at patreon.com. Until next time, thanks so much for tuning in. 